as we kick off a new school year, are y'all excited to be back in school? No, I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Unless you're, unless you're like Lucas and like, it just means more people you can talk to. Uh, uh, as we start a new school year, I don't know about you, but the summer, the summer felt really busy. I don't know about you, there's all sorts of trips, there's all sorts of activities during the summer that you do. And, and when we get in these seasons of life where we're incredibly busy, it's really easy for us to, to lose sight and to lose focus on our relationship with God. So as we enter a new school year, as we kick off a new year of midweek, new small groups, new beginnings, new everything, uh, as a middle school team, we just really thought it was important for us to refocus our lives, refocus our, our priorities on our relationships with God. I don't know about you, but there are times in my life where I just need to be intentional. I need to say, hey, I need to refocus on my relationship with the Lord right now. So as we go through the month of August, so this week and the next two weeks, we're going to hit three of the ways that you can be intentional to refocus your life on God. Uh, and really just take that next step in your relationship with him. And, and as we go through each week, we'll have some practical ways that you can do that. Cool? Sound good? All right, so tonight, uh, what we're specifically going to be talking about is the importance of Scripture. Uh, and as we go through tonight, I, I want to give you kind of three points about Scripture, about God's Word, that will help you refocus your life on Christ. But uh, as we talk about the importance of Scripture, I think first and foremost, we need to establish and answer the question, what is Scripture? Right? Well, what is Scripture? And you're probably like, well, God's Word, duh. Like, I know what Scripture is. But maybe, maybe that is an obvious question for you. Maybe that question of what is scripture, maybe it has an obvious answer to you. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe no one has ever sat down with you or had a conversation with you about what scripture really is. And so let me give you three facts, three things that scripture is, three facts about scripture. The first one, obvious, scripture is the word of God. Scripture is the word of God. There on your notes, uh, you can follow along with me as we read the, the scripture for tonight. We're going to be in 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, verses 16 through 17. It's on the screens if you don't have notes. Uh, just follow along with me. All scripture is inspired, circle that word right there, inspired by God, and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. That word inspired, right? Inspired means to be like filled with this urge to go and do something, right? Because maybe someone has given a really passionate uh, talk. Maybe it's a coach, right? They're just hyping you up for a game and you're like inspired to go out there and win or I, I, I don't know, what, whatever it is, right? Maybe you see a need in the community and you feel inspired to go serve and to help and fill that need. Uh, but when we see Paul writing here in 2 Timothy that the word of God is inspired, that all scripture is inspired by God, that means something very practical to us. It means that God moved, God worked, God spoke, God did things in the lives of people in such a way that the authors of scripture were urged, were compelled, felt like this great need to go and write the scripture, the Bible that we have today. 
right? God inspired them to go and record this. God told them the message. They went and recorded it. So what we see is that God wrote scripture by revealing himself to these authors. Now, when we look across all of scripture, right, we, we see a bunch of different authors, right? We, we see authors in the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, and what we see, like, specifically with Old Testament authors is, is that there were very specific things that you had to do or have in order to be an Old Testament author, right? Like, Joe Blow couldn't just be an author of the Old Testament. You could not be an author of the Old Testament. I could not either, right? Uh, one, we're too young. But also, like, th- these people had these crazy relationships with God, right? When we look at Moses, when we look at prophets like Isaiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, or King David, right? We we see that they had a clear relationship with God, right? It was clear that they were following God. It was clear that God was speaking to them. And so we see that the words that they wrote, the way that God uh, acted and, and worked in their lives, it has been recorded, And then in the New Testament, there's something very specific. You had to have a direct relationship with Jesus. Every author in the New Testament, pretty much with the exception of Paul uh, and Timothy, had these like very distinct personal relationships with Jesus. Paul even, in a way, had that relationship as as God revealed himself and blinded Paul and, and, and called him into ministry. But every New Testament author had some sort of a personal relationship with Jesus. And so throughout scripture, we see that God speaks to these authors. He reveals himself to them, and, and he is telling them the word, the, the, the letters to write on these pages. And so it's not just some random book. It's not just some random words on a page. These are, these are words that have been inspired by God. Next fact is that scripture is the story of God's redemption. Right, many of you may know all the Old Testament stories, the New Testament stories. Maybe you don't, but regardless, the Old Testament, the New Testament, it's filled with stories. Right, you got Noah's Ark, Daniel in the lion's den, David and Goliath, uh, the creation story, all these different stories. Right, all through the Old Testament, it's a it's a story of how God is redeeming His people. Right, how God is being faithful to His people. Right, you have this nation called the nation of Israel. Right. And constantly, what do we see? God goes, hey, I love you. I'm going to bless you. Here's the promises I have for you. And they start to walk with God, and then they go, screw you, God. I'm walking the other way, right? And they want to live the way that they want to live. But what does God do, right? Every time that the nation of Israel turns their back to God, what do they do? They, God goes back to them and says, hey, even though you made a mistake, even though you've turned away from me, I still love you. I still have promises for you. Come back and follow me. The Old Testament is a nonstop story of the redemption of God. New Testament, right? Story of a guy named who? Jesus, right? All right. Jesus, like the ultimate creation or redemption story, right? Throughout the New Testament, we see Jesus working to redeem not only the lives of the people in Scripture, but our lives too. Right, as Jesus goes to the cross, the ultimate story of redemption, right, that we are redeemed by the blood of Christ on the cross, right? The scripture is a story of God's redemption. Next thing that we know, the next fact about scripture is that scripture is a guide for life. Look back at that verse there in 2 Timothy, right? It says it teaches us what is true and makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. 
It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That means scripture instructs us. Scripture teaches us. It corrects us. It's a guide for our life. When you're not sure if you made the right decision, guess where you can look? Right here. You can look right here in the pages of the Bible and know if the decision you made was true or was right. Or you can know if what you're believing is false or the actions you're doing are wrong. Hey, y'all are bombarded by culture. All right, there's all sorts of cultural issues in the world today. If you want to know what, what is true and what isn't true, right here. Right here. Scripture is very black and white, right? There, there's no gray area in Scripture on what is right and what is wrong, how we should live, how we shouldn't live. Right? God is very clear. It serves as a guide for life. So with all that being said, I think there is a, another question that we have to answer. So the second question that we need to answer is, why is scripture important to follow? You may say, okay, great. I get that the Bible is God's word. That's great. Uh, that's great that it's a guide for life. That's great that it's uh, a story of God's redemption. Uh, that's all great. Why should I follow it? That's a bigger question, right? Because with following scripture, there's some implications there. Right? That, that means you might have to make some tough decisions. That means you might uh, get shunned. Right? You might not be popular because it's going to make you or tell you and call you to make decisions that don't go along with the world and with culture. And so why should we follow Scripture? I want to give you four reasons. Let me give you four reasons why you should follow Scripture and why it's important to follow Scripture. First and foremost reason, this is, this is it. It, all the other reasons do not matter in comparison to this. This reason alone, the fact that Scripture is the Word of God, should be enough for us to follow, follow it and for it to guide our lives. That alone. The, the, the question that you have to ask yourself is, is the Word of God important enough to me? Is God is does God have a high enough priority in my life to follow what he says? That's a question that only you can answer. That is a question only you can answer. Is God a high enough priority in your life for you to do what he says? Because if, if, you, if, if we're not following scripture, that shows us our priorities. If we're following the world, that means the world is more important to us than God. Or maybe it means our opinions, our desires are more important than the word of God. And here's a just very simple thing is that God would not have given to us his word if it wasn't important. Right? God didn't have to give us his word. God gave it to us because it's important. If we didn't need to know what is in the Bible, he would have saved himself a whole lot of effort, believe me. Right? It's important. He gave it to us because he knew we needed this. He knew we needed a guide for our lives because culture is changing, guys, just pretty much every day. Culture is a world that is changing. The Word of God has stayed consistent for thousands and thousands of years. It has never changed. Right? And as, as believers in Christ, we're simply called to be obedient. And so again, is God a high enough priority in your life for you to be obedient to him? 
the other points I think are important, again, not as important as that. But another reason that we should follow Scripture is because it allows us to understand the heart of God. If you want to know who God is, right, it, it, the, the character of God, right, how he loves you, how he, he wants to bless you, how he has promises for you. If you want to know the heart of God, guys, it's right here. It is right here. Right, many of you may know Jeremiah 29, 11, right? And we, we love to, to, to look at this verse in, in hard times that, you know, it says God has a hope and a future and all these promises and blessings for us. But when we look at why it's written, right, it's written to the nation of Israel when they're in captivity, right? And he's saying, hey, you're going to go through hardships because you made mistakes, but I do have promises for you, right? It, through this verse that we see God is not the source of all these struggles and pain that we endure, sometimes we're the source, right? Or sometimes the source is other people. But despite pain and suffering, God has a plan for us. He has a hope and a future. That, that is part of the heart and the character of God. If you're sitting there going, man, I wonder what my purpose is. Guys, right here, right here. Your purpose is to serve God and to, to share the love of God with others. And how you do that, that's unique to you. But if we will follow scripture, if we will read scripture, we will begin to know the heart of God. Another thing that we'll begin to know is the voice of God. Right? When we follow scripture, when we read scripture, we begin to know the voice of God. Let me give you uh, just an example. Right? If, if my mom <laughs> walked in this room and, and you didn't know what she looked like and she shouted my name, you would have no idea that it was my mom. I would, because I know her voice, right? Because I've spent time getting to know her. Same with many of you. I don't know all of your parents. If they walked in the room and I couldn't see them and they yelled your name, I probably wouldn't know that it's one of your parents. You would. Why? Because you know them. And many of us sit here and we go, man, why can't I hear God's voice? Guys, a, a really simple answer starts right here. Have you opened up the word of God? Sometimes we go, man, I don't feel like God's speaking to me. And it's because you've never opened up the Bible. But if you would open up God's word and begin to read it and begin to learn and know his voice, guys, you, God is speaking to you. God speaks to you every day. Sometimes we just don't know his voice because we haven't spent, got, spent time getting to know him in his word. And so if we want to know the voice of God, we got to spend time in his word. The next thing is that scripture provides instructions for life. Guys, we were just talking about this. Some of these, uh, you'll see the importance of this because it pops up over and over and over again. Right? We, we all want to receive blessings in our lives, right? Does anyone want to just live a life of struggles and suffering? Not me. Uh, put your hand down. Right? We, we all want to live a life where we experience love and joy and peace and happiness and kindness from other people. Guys, Scripture tells us, God tells us in his word, how to live a life that will produce those things. And he also tells us that when we don't live a life according to his word, we won't experience those things. And so if we want to live a life that is blessed and walking in the promises of God, we have to read this. This is an instruction manual for life. Right? Any of y'all tried to put something together without the instruction manual? It doesn't go so well. It doesn't go so well, except for Nicole and I. Hey, we put this pipe and drape up today, no instruction manual. We just figured it out. Guys, it was impressive. Just saying. Just saying. Don't mean to brag. Don't mean to brag. 
Don't mean to brag. But, but without scripture, guys, we would have no idea how to live a life that walks in the promises of God. Right? And as 2 Timothy says, right, it corrects us when we're wrong. Right? That, word corrects, it, it, that word correct means to bring us back on the right path. Right? When God corrects us, it's because we're walking one direction. He goes, nope, let me correct your path. That way you can walk back into the blessings and the love of God. So scripture is important. And it's important enough for us to prioritize reading it and following it. Then last question that we need to answer is how should we read it? How should we read scripture? Maybe this is something that you've been wondering all along. I know when I was your age, I was like, hey, that's great you give me a Bible. I don't know how to read it. I don't know where to begin. And it just seems like a lot. The first way that we should read scripture is in context. And we need to understand how to read scripture in context, right? You don't read the Old Testament like you read the New Testament, right? The Old Testament is like a history book, right? It's a lot of facts, right? Uh, in the book of Leviticus, right? Yeah, anyone, anyone like reading the book of Leviticus? Not my favorite. It's a bunch of rules, right? Leviticus is a bunch of rules that God gave the nation of Israel, right? One of those rules is, hey, don't get tattoos. Don't get tattoos. Confession, I have a tattoo right there. Uh, so am I breaking God's word? No, because the context is vastly different, right? God gave the nation of Israel this rule because there was a, a, a group of people worshiping a, a false God, right? It'd be like someone worshiping Buddha today, right? A, a, a false God, an idol, right? There was a group of people worshiping this idol and, and the way that they uh, aligned themselves or said, hey, I, I'm this type of person, is by getting tattoos, right? Like Christians, like a lot of times we'll wear a cross, right? A cross necklace. This has become kind of the symbol for Christianity, right? For, for this group of idol worshipers, tattoos were that symbol that identified them with worshiping that God. And so God says, hey, I want you to be set apart. I don't want you to be like them. I don't want people to, to confuse you, the nation of Israel who worships the, the true God. I don't want them to mistake you for this group. So what does that mean? That means as Christians that we're called to be set apart from the world. Maybe for you, that means that you need to stop cussing. Maybe for you, that means you need to stop vaping or, or, or lying or uh, gossiping behind someone's back, right? All these different things we, we could replace there and say, hey, God would call us not to do these things today because that is uh, someone who is not following God. And not following God in that moment. So we have to read it in context. We've got to understand what the author was writing. Just like with the New Testament, you won't read it the same way as the Old Testament. Because Jesus, what he says, is very applicable to us today. Love your neighbor. Right? The words of Jesus are vastly different than the words that are written in the Old Testament. They both have significance for our lives. We just read them differently in context. Another way that we should be reading scripture is that we should read scripture and not rewrite it. Guys, this is a huge, huge, huge problem today. You should read scripture and not rewrite it. Read scripture, not rewrite it. Guys, newsflash, you are not the author of scripture. You are not the author of scripture. God did not take your words into account Right? We don't have the authority to go back and change scripture. There are going to be parts of scripture you don't like. 
And that's by design, right? Because it corrects us. It shows us what we're doing wrong, right? No one likes to be told they're wrong. But guys, just because we don't like it doesn't mean that we have the authority to change it. Or we, we have to understand something, that Scripture is not the Word of God plus your opinion. Let that sink in. Scripture is not the Word of God plus your opinion. Your opinion, my opinion, does not matter when we read Scripture. It does not matter if I like what Scripture says or not. Guys, there are parts of Scripture that are challenging to me that I don't always like, but that doesn't mean it's less true. A lot of times we read Scripture with our opinions and our desires, right? And we'll go, man, I really desire to be in a relationship with this boy, and I'll flip here, oh, yes, go get married. That does not mean God says go get in that relationship. Right? Guys, you can, you can take any passage of Scripture out of context. You can. With the right motives, the wrong opinions, and the wrong desires, you can take any passage of Scripture out of context. And just because you find one word in the Bible that you think backs up your opinion doesn't mean it is. Because you're taking it out of context. Right? We have to be able to read Scripture with a clear mind. When, Something that I like to do when I read scripture, I, I like to pray before I read scripture and say, God, please clear my mind of my opinions and my desires right now and open my heart to be challenged and corrected by you. And maybe that's what you need to start praying when you read scripture. Pray that God would challenge and correct you where you need to be and ask God to clear your mind. I'll give you another example. Right, I, I grew up in the South, college football. Uh, Auburn is way better than Alabama. Uh, shout out, Chris. Chris, you know it. Uh, so I'm not a big, uh, I'm not a big pro guy. Uh, so I feel like I can objectively say Broncos are not the best team. Uh, Broncos are pretty bad. Broncos are pretty bad. But look, let, let me just be honest. All right, just because you want the Broncos to be the best team doesn't mean they're the best team. Right? I ain't going to make them the best team. They ain't going to be the best team this year. Go ahead and accept it. The Broncos ain't that good. Unless it's a miracle by God. Right? It, you, you cannot... Just because you don't like that the Broncos are, are one of the worst teams in the NFL doesn't change the fact that they are. doesn't make it less true. Right? Just because you don't like what Scripture says doesn't mean it's not true for your life. It doesn't mean that it doesn't apply to you. It does. You just don't like it. And that's okay. But it's there for a reason. So wrapping all of this up, right? What we want you to understand tonight is that if we're going to prioritize Scripture in our life, if we're going to truly allow Scripture to correct us and show us the right path, we have to read it, we have to listen to it, and we have to obey it. You can read the words that are on the page but not listen to it. You can listen to it without obeying it. Are any of y'all listening to your parents but not obey your parents? Yeah, that's what I thought. All y'all are guilty of that. Some of y'all are just lying. Right, you, you can listen without obeying, but all of those steps are crucial if we're going to prioritize Scripture. You have to read it, listen to it, and obey it. And guys, that, that's our prayer for you tonight, is that you would do those things. Read it, listen to it, obey it. Uh, I, I told you as we go through these messages, we would give you some practical ways to make these things priorities in your life. And so uh, a way that we want to help you uh, prioritize scripture is as a middle school team, we're launching a scripture reading plan. Uh, and we really want you all to follow along this with us. 
Here's how it'll work. It'll start on Monday. Uh, we'll send out a text. We'll send out an email. There's going to be videos of Nicole and I kind of walking through some of the scripture each Monday. So you can make fun of us and laugh at us. Uh, but we hope you get something out of it. Guys, there's a book you can follow along. You can journal in it, write, wh whatever you're comfortable doing. We just want you to get into the word. We want you to prioritize scripture. And so we have this plan all, all written out for you. Uh, so that you can follow along and take that next step of reading God's word each and every day. And, and while, yes, we, we want you to read the word of God every day, some days it's not going to happen, so no pressure. Just every day, let's try to take one more step towards God by reading his word. And if we mess up one day, let's do better the next day. Does that sound like a good plan? Other thing, uh, in order to, to read the word, you have to have the word, right? And guys, sometimes it's good to put down our phone. Uh, so we've got a bunch of Bibles, and we've got more than these sitting back behind the, the, the drapes. And so if you don't have a Bible, or you still have that Bible from kids' ministry, and you're ready to have a, an adult Bible, uh, hey, uh, we have some Bibles that we'd love to give you, okay? Uh, so let's pray. Uh, after I'm done praying, just stay seated, and I'll tell you what's happening next. Let's pray. Lord, uh, just so grateful that you love us enough that you gave us your word, that you, gave us, you, you loved us enough to, to give us instructions for how to live, that you, you loved us to the point that you didn't want us to just walk through life aimlessly without knowing what to do, without knowing how to live, without knowing how to walk in your promises. So God, I thank you that you gave us your word. Lord, I pray that you challenge us all to make it a priority in our lives. I pray for these students that they would make a, a priority in their lives, Lord, to read your word, to listen to your word, and to obey your word. Lord, I love these students. I thank you for the love that you have for them. I pray as we go into small groups tonight, Lord, that you would just open our hearts and continue to challenge us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.